Father, we thank you that our faith, as we hear the word, as we're instructed to do in Romans 10, that uh, that our faith is built by hearing the word and hearing the word of God. And Lord, we thank you that whatever our faith level is right now, is that it will be strengthened over the next few minutes as the word of God is delivered. Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's nice to look out and have everybody here, and and the church is growing, and we're excited, and just can't do better than that, can you? Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles, if you would, to James 1, and um, as you're turning, James 1, we're going to re- begin reading at verse 5 through 8. I think I better change mics here uh, before we get into the message. Maybe I'll just grab this one, and... Uh, We'll eventually get this kinks worked out of our microphone. Amen. Praise God. Uh, so as I'm doing this, I do want to there we go. I do want to encourage you to, uh, as uh, Pastor Scarlett admonished you, we all, we have these words we never use anywhere but church. I saw a friend of mine one time at a meeting, and I said, hey, how you been? And she said, it was a woman minister, she said, I have found myself in an exceedingly, what did she say, exceedingly busy season. I said, who talks like that? You know, only you you get in church and you talk weird, you know. Exceedingly busy season. It's like King James suddenly comes upon you. So um, uh, the word admonished is good, but it's more like encouraged. Admonished can be a little negative. Uh, (laughs) Encouraged you to mark your calendars for those those events. that are that are coming up. In fact, we have um, next Sunday we have the uh, the the dinner, the Thanksgiving meal, and did you announce that already? Where was I? I don't know. My brain. Did you announce David Ellis? Okay. Then the on the first Sunday of December we're going to have um, Reverend David and Wanda Ellis with us here again. They come every year, and uh, they're a blessing and been in my life my whole life I don't remember life without them so praise God in fact he was the the man that was preaching the night at when I was eight years old that I gave my heart to the Lord so that's always a special spot the 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 preacher that was preaching when you got saved for some of us maybe some of them have gone on but as long as they're here and with us we need to uh, respect and honor that amen Praise God. And they're always a blessing, always have a word in season. We can about remember every message he brings. And uh, people go around quoting him for like three weeks after. So that's always a good sign. Amen. All right. Uh, James 1, uh, 5 through 8, we're going to preach about avoiding being double-minded. Amen. And, uh, I think we, we all could use this and we all find ourselves, uh, working on that. 
more than we want to. Uh, notice verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men li- liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Now this part's a little a little strong, but I didn't write it. Amen. I, I I'm just uh, the messenger here uh, of a repeater newscaster <laughs> of what someone else wrote. And I believe that the Word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so these are God's words to us. And God's words can be a little uh, strong sometimes. Amen. But we, if we're grown up and adult-like, we should be able to uh, handle that. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Now notice how strong that is. The man that's double-minded, don't let him think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Anything. Oftentimes, uh, peop- uh, and then it says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you can see why this is a good message every blue moon to preach. Because we can all become double-minded like that. Now, I'll tell you what the the problem is. There's two realities. And the minute that we really get revelation on this right here, we'll be way down the road on faith. There's two uh, realms of, of living. There's two realities. The reality of God's word, uh, what we call the spiritual realm, and then there's the natural realm. Now, both of those realms are actually split in two because in the spiritual realm, there's God's side and then there's the evil world and what the devil's doing and what he's trying to stir up. Thank God Jesus won the victory over him and he's under our feet. We need to always, if you start talking about the devil, make sure you put him under your feet. Before the discussion and after. Don't just leave it. Well, there's just evil everywhere. The whole world's going to pot, you know, like literally to pot, you know. <laughs> I noticed we have a, a marijuana dispensary now in Land Lakes. Isn't that beautiful? But, uh, you know, it's everywhere. But, uh, you know, well, the world's going to hell in a handbasket and there's nothing we can do and, Come get us, Lord Jesus, out of this stinking mess. Uh, th- that is just not good. It's not a good. I mean, we can be looking forward to his coming without it being negative. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, we're going to escape like we're in some kind of concentration camp or something. <laughs> Amen. And so we're, we're looking forward to his coming. We're looking forward to him coming. But at the same time, we're, Jesus is the light of the world, folks. And we're in him, and we are the, the salt of the earth, preserving the earth. So we don't have to take that negative, you know, we're down in the dumps, come rescue us. Now, everybody has had a day when you would have preferred to be raptured as opposed to going through that day. 
<laughs> I'm not talking about that either. But I just mean the general attitude can be just throw in the towel, it's down the tubes, no hope, no help. I mean, the way Christians talk about elections, too, just just you wonder, are they saved? You know, because it's like, well, you know, the Democrats won or the Republicans lost or whoever did what. And that's it. It's down the tubes. It's America. Kiss America goodbye. It's all over. And these are spirit-filled believers talking like this. And I'm thinking, Jesus is Lord over the United States. And I declare he's Lord over Florida. And uh, he's Lord over our communities and uh, our town. Amen. And our counties. And glory to God. Uh, if God be for us, who can be against us? So we have to kind of get on the right side of everything. He's just helping you, encourage you. So that little strong sermon there from the book of James, you don't have to be defensive about it or be offended about it, but we need to understand it. That maybe sometimes if if we have a situation that's not budging and not changing and not turning, uh, we, we might have to check up on our confession a little bit and what we're thinking because a double mind. Now, what does it mean to be double minded? Well, it means you're thinking two opposing thoughts at the same time. I'm healed, but I'm sick. I'm blessed, but I'm broke. I'm happy, but I'm angry. I'm, I'm, <laughs> or I'm happy, but I'm depressed, whatever, all at the same time. And then oftentimes, we just have a tendency to confess whatever the negative side is. You know, well, I never can do anything right. Well, everything I don't doesn't matter what the words are. It's the tone of it. Blah, 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 blah. And pretty soon, you know, we've cursed ourselves. Like I told you that one old guy that, that, uh, used to hang around. He said every, everything you, you know, he would remark about was I'll be damned. And I said, if you don't stop saying that, you're going to be, please. <laughs> Please stop saying that. I'll be, well, I'll be, you ever heard somebody like that? You know, I'll, I'll be damned. Well, don't be damned. Be blessed. Uh, start saying, well, I'll be blessed. Praise the Lord. Uh, I had a friend one time that told me I used, I used to be like analyzing something. I'd say, well, you know, worst case scenario, blah, blah, blah. And they finally corrected me and said, why don't you start saying best case scenario? Focus on what could go right instead of what could go wrong. Folks, we live by God's law of love and, 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 uh, victory, not Murphy's law of, you know, you know what Murphy's law is. What can go wrong will go wrong and at the worst possible moment. And, uh, it's just negative. It's just so, so expecting the worst. Amen. So double mindedness. What does that get us? According to the word, it, we shout, do not let that man think that he shall receive anything at all of the Lord. God's not moving on your behalf because he feels sorry for you or me. Sometimes we wish he would feel sorry for us. He doesn't feel sorry for us because he's already solved all the problems. Jesus finished the work on the cross. Hallelujah. We're saved. We're healed. We're blessed. We got so into this in Tulsa, praise the Lord, God's holy city. 
we got so into this in Oklahoma and back in the day and Texas and places where the word of faith was so strong uh, that that we wouldn't even confess we were sick. Now, let me tell you what we did say, you know, so you could like pray for people and things is that we would teach people in healing school there at Emma, we would teach them to, to confess and to say, try to get it in their heart, not just by rote, but, you know, in uh, example, we would say, say I'm the healed who the devil has attacked, or I'm healed who the devil is trying to steal my healing from me. But that's a lot better than I'm sick and I'm, uh, it looks like I, I feel like I'm going to die. Like Brother Hagen said, sometimes you feel like you're going to die. You're afraid you'll die. And then the next minute you're afraid you won't. Because <laughs> you feel so bad. We've all been there. I understand it. And we, I'm not talking about, we don't need to create confession monitors running around the church and running in the parking lot and finger in your face. Don't say that. But, uh, we had a few of those too. Uh, some of them we had to get restraining orders because they wouldn't stop running off everybody. But, uh, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're, you're, there's some kind of consistency in your confession and your prayer, praying. One, one friend of mine always said, you can't pray one thing and confess another. That's another way to be, uh, uh, double-minded is you're praying for your needs. You're praying for your life. You're praying for your health. You're praying for God's touch in your family. And you pray that way. But then every time you're talking about it, you talk negative. And, and, and we have a tendency to do that. We're just people, you know, we do these things, but the Bible again says that if we're going to behave like that, don't expect anything to change. Uh, so you might as well not even pray, might as well not even do anything if you're going to be double-minded about it. Amen? Let's be single about it. And I'll tell you one habit you could get into that would help you is, uh, and there's been times in my life where I've done this and then times I've let it slack and slide, but to get yourself just a little notebook um, that you keep with your Bible and write down what it is you're praying about, and write down what it is you're confessing about it. It doesn't have to be line upon line, everything you might say, but just to remind yourself, oh, yes, I am confessing health in that area. I am confessing finances in that area. I am confessing blessing in that area. Amen? And just and just to kind of keep yourself, like I said, single-minded instead of, double-minded. Turn to Hebrews. We're going to read a couple of scriptures in Hebrews. We're going to start at verse, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 2, talking about um, mixing faith with, with, with the blessing of God. You know, there's been this War between the grace people and the faith people over, you know, the, the grace people almost in some cases leaving the impression you don't have to confess anything. You don't have to pray for anything. You don't have to do anything. And then, you know, of course the word tells us faith without corresponding action is dead. 
it doesn't work. It's like engine with no fuel doesn't go. It'll just sit there and you can make a flower pot out of it because that's, that's as far as it's going, right? So f- engine without, it can be the fun. You could have a V12 amazing over the top piece of equipment sitting there, uh, a Ferrari for that matter, uh, the finest engine made and not move it if you don't have any gas in the tank. It's something as simple as something as mundane as gasoline is required to run that automobile. And faith is, uh, is, uh, you know, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And what does hearing the word that comes out of the mouth of God produce? It produces faith. So faith is a daily thing like daily bread. Amen. We live by faith. The just shall live by faith, not grab faith. Faith is not the first aid kit that's that's grabbed when something's bleeding <laughs> or, or there's a big problem. Amen. Uh, faith is constant and our the, the way we talk in faith and walk in faith and think in faith brother hagan has a great book that he wrote way back in the 60s or 50s called right uh right thinking right confessing uh, and right believing amen and uh you could almost add right corresponding actions to go with all that. So if we, you know, if we can get, if we can, number one, hear the word, understand what does the Bible say about my situation? What does the Bible say about my health? What does the Bible say about my, uh, finances, my, my, my possessions and those things and my plans, my favor, my friends? Um, what does the Bible, my peace, my joy, what does the Bible say about that? And then I'm going to, read that, I'm going to hear that, I'm going to confess that, I'm going to think that, I'm going to walk in that, and if you get everything going in the same direction, you know, the train will go down the track a little easier. Double-mindedness is kind of like hooking up a buggy to two horses going the same, the opposite directions, you know. Well, I, or I, I bought, I bought a buggy and two horses here for this buggy. And then, you know, the guy that needs to have his mind checked hooks one horse up to one end and the other one to the other side. And, you know, you're going to end up with the buggy being either horses damaged or the buggy damaged, but it's not going anywhere. Praise God. All right, so it says here, for unto us was the gospel preached, uh, in verse 2, as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now, how about that? Was the word preached true? Was it God's word? Was it full of faith and power and the ability to change a situation? But it said... Um, it did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Amen. So you could actually have the word, find the scripture, rejoice in it, 
and 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 do nothing else and just leave it there or just go wow that's nice nice message pastor cool see you next week <laughs> something like that but if you will mix faith with it it'll profit you but if you don't mix faith with it it's doing you no good whatsoever all right don't everybody shout at once it's the truth anyhow Hebrews 11:6 Now somebody might say, "Boy Horton, you are absolutely preaching, you know, faith and confession 101 starter level." But we never get away from this. Now I don't know about you, I need encouragement to straighten out some of this. Cuz I can get down in the mouth as faster as as fast as maybe faster, yes. I can get down in the mouth as fast as anybody and start just talking negative about everything. This this is wrong and that is wrong and this person's crazy and whatever. Before you know it, you're just you're just like like I said, down in the mouth. You know, pretty soon you're you know you start looking like a walrus or something. Everything's hanging down because you're so down. You're so weighted down. <laughs> Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, God exists, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We need to believe that diligently seeking the word and seeking the Lord has a reward. Not, well, I tried all that and nothing works. Well, either you're lying or God's lying. And so I'll just you're lying instead of putting it on man. Say, let God be true and God's word be true and every man a liar, including myself, before I'm going to accuse God. I'll accuse myself of being a liar before God. Amen. His word works. Well, it ain't working for me where well, you're a liar. It is working. And I can prove you're, it's working because all, you're talking negative and it's working. <laughs> think about that uh brother jerry savell said one time he said in a sermon he said you know i i um i'm amazed at, at people that say well you know faith faith is, is really hard to operate in faith it's really hard to keep the confession right and all that it just doesn't work very easily and he said no it's the opposite problem it works too well it works so well that we end up oftentimes with what we don't want, and it's our own fault. We have confessed it to the point of believing it, believing it in. So instead of saying it's not working, it takes just less breath to say it is working. Well, it doesn't look like it's working. It doesn't feel like it's working. My circumstances haven't changed. Uh, well, all right, let's agree on that and just keep talking that and see what happens. I'll tell you what will happen, nothing. In fact, it will get worse. So turn the thing around, amen? Has anybody ever gotten on the road and you're, going, you're just flying down the freeway and you realize I'm going the whole wrong direction? I've had that happen, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. One time I was driving years ago, and I was uh, – 
I was in I was in the state of Iowa and uh, over there by by Sioux City, and I'm driving, and I'm supposed to be now going into the state of Iowa, you know, the other direction, and and I am I'm ending up. I anyway, I didn't I didn't get off where I should have, and all of a sudden I see this huge billboard that says "Welcome to South Dakota." So you know, I realized at that moment this is wrong. I'm not, I don't need to be in South Dakota. I need to be in Iowa and then get out of Iowa as fast as possible. <laughs> Sorry if you're from Iowa. God bless you. It just hasn't been the most exciting state uh, that we have. Unless you like a lot of corn and pigs. They raise the, they feed the corn to the pigs. Praise God. Anyway, you know, just, just heading you know, you're heading the wrong direction. And so you know what you do? You get off the first exit, you turn around, you go the other way, and you, you get on the right road. So oftentimes we're, we've found ourselves on the wrong road of life, the wrong, the wrong way to think, the wrong confession, double-mindedness. We go, yeah, praise God, I'm saved and healed and blessed, hallelujah. And then the next thing, I'm cursed and everything's going down the tubes. You're not going to get anything from God like that. Why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Amen. Well, now if the grace people want to write me dirty emails over that, fine. Knock yourself out. But I'm just telling you what the Word says, and this is all New Testament. Hallelujah. Now, we're not compromising. Let me just tell you, I'm not compromising the truth to suit anybody. You know, if the, if the, if the, if the grace people get mad because I'm preaching on faith, then just get mad. Poke your lips out as far as they'll go. See if you might, I don't know, you might, you might, we could stick your face on the glass and see how long you hang there. You get lips, get your lips poked out. People get their lips poked out. Ooh, they're happy. Well, then, you know, you get the, you make the, the, you get, make the faith people mad because you're preaching too much grace and that makes them uncomfortable because you know, you balance grace with sin and a little sin consciousness. <laughs> I'm not compromising that side either. We, we can go right down the middle of the road and understand where the righteousness of God in Christ, all because of God's grace. Ephesians 2.8 is in the Bible. Praise God. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, we believe that. We're saved by grace. Through faith. In other words, we have faith in the grace. <laughs> Amen. But on the same hand, we don't need to feel like we're just going to sit under the cherry tree and wait for the cherries to drop on our head. We're going to be aggressive and go after what belongs to us by exercising faith, confession, and corresponding action. Preach, Brother David. It's in a good, good old 1972 faith message here. Praise the Lord. It was a good year for General Motors. All right. So we need to, we need to, um, realize that, you know, most scholars, there, there's not 
proof, but most scholars believe that the Apostle Paul also wrote the book of Hebrews. But if you took time, which we won't do this morning, and read the rest of Hebrews 11, you will see all these people that's being listed that they did things by faith. And For example, it starts with Noah. Um, he, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. In other words, he believed God was going to protect him and save him, but when God gave him the plan that for his part, he went, got busy doing it. Amen? Okay. And on and on and on. What they did by faith. So faith without corresponding action is dead in the water. It's like a boat with the motor fell off or something. Look at Psalm 78. Now, if you're, if you're kind of religious about things, you're not going to like this verse. Just warn you, brace yourself. So we think that God's just going to just run over us, um, and, and do I'll get there. Give me, give me time. I chew my food slow and I find scriptures slow. Psalm 78, and then let's look at verse 41. Uh, very simple verse. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. So now you would think, you know, again, religion says, well, God can just do anything he wants anyway. He's not limited by anything. Well, then get an exacto knife and cut this scripture out because it says they limited him. Now, you think, well, how is that possible? Well, because without faith, it's impossible to please him. And through doubt and unbelief and fear, which these people were operating in, God takes it as an insult. We just take it as, well, poor old thing, can't have any faith, you know, just doubt and unbelief. But no, doubt and unbelief is as much sin to God as is, uh, you know, adultery or some other thing. It's kind of in a different vein and different category. But we need to, as much as within us, amen, uh, operate in faith and not limit God. Now, so that tells you God, God, how many believe God's power is limitless? His, his will towards you is limitless. He wants to bless you and put you over. And why aren't we more put over than we are <laughs> in many cases? And I believe that in many, in many ways we are limiting his, what he can do for us. Uh, by our lack of believing him. The way faith is the currency in God's kingdom that we use, that he uses and we use. We have to, you know, if you go to certain foreign countries, uh, and all you've got's dollars, you have to go to the little window at the airport and exchange those dollars into euros or, or the British are double-minded. They've got euros and pounds going. But, uh, because they don't know what they want to be. But anyway, you know, you go there and you have to exchange your money, uh, because in that 
in that kingdom, your currency doesn't work. And in God's kingdom, the currency of self-pity, uh, poor pitiful me, uh, oh my, you know, desperation, all that, that doesn't buy you anything in God's kingdom. But what does buy you everything is faith in his word and faith in Jesus' finished work and faith, hallelujah, in the fact that God's not a liar. <laughs> Amen. I hope that helps you today and those watching by Internet. Let's pray. That's enough preaching. But praise God, we're going to not be double-minded today and in our life this week. Amen. We're going to be single-minded and trust God. So uh, I'm going to pray. If you need prayer here in the sanctuary, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you. And I'm going to pray for the uh, television audience or the, the Internet audience. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this service today, the Word of God. We thank you that we have faith from God. Our faith works. And, Lord, we thank you that you help us. The Holy Spirit helps us to be obedient to the Word. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for healing today. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and growths and things that should not be there have no place to disappear, dry up and die and, and go back to hell where they're from. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that every person who has a need is healed today as they release their faith and agree they're healed from the top of their head to the soles of their feet in Jesus' name. Today, be healed, be whole, be strengthened in Jesus' name. Those that have material and financial needs, Lord, we pray for them. We lift them up. Lord, we thank you for showing yourself strong in their lives this week. Uh, 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 an Ephesians 3.20 blessing on their finances and on their things that have a need in Jesus' name. Those that are suffering from mental oppression, depression, mental illness, any kind of fear or doubt in Jesus' name, uh, be set free. I rebuke the devil. I thank you, Lord, for mental strength, mental health in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lift your hands and praise him. Thank him today for his goodness. Hallelujah.